the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us at 7 minutes. Oh, my mistake. It's 8 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock right now. We just had a flip over. On this Thursday, the ninth morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Appreciate you being with us. We got a lot of things to discuss yesterday. You know, I began the program yesterday <clears throat> telling you that I was not going to discuss very much the uh, President of the United States tax returns that had been hacked and received by the uh, New York Times published as some great big bombshell that the uh, president of the United States once lost money once lost money 30 years ago and that uh uh the president you know came back from that and uh the president's business acumen is not in jeopardy i, I didn't want to do this yesterday but then i watched the liberal media yesterday and i just said okay enough is enough Honestly, I, I I did not want to make this a story because that's what they want. They want this to be a story. Don't think for one second that the release of the president's 10 years of tax returns that the New York Times uh, made two, two days ago, <clears throat> don't think for one second that this wasn't timed up to try to combat the extraordinary uh, economic news that we have been receiving over the last several days. I don't know how long, I cannot prove how long the New York Times has been in possession of Donald Trump's 10 years of tax returns showing that he lost over a billion dollars in the uh, uh, late 1980s and uh, mostly in the early 1990s, uh, and that he did not pay taxes, federal income taxes, for eight of the 10 years that they have returns for because he lost money and because of depreciation of his properties and values and so on and so forth. Um I don't know how long they were holding those things, but my suspicion is that they were holding them really for quite some time and just waiting for the right time. Not really the right time, but the most beneficial time. How and when can we use these the best? 
what can, you know what can we how how do we make the most use of these and i think what they did is they decided on tuesday that they had heard just about enough from trump supporters and republicans and i don't know common sensible americans uh since friday's jobs report came out they didn't like hearing on conservative talk radio or on Fox News or on various uh, right-leaning websites. They didn't like us pointing out the 263,000 job uh, increase in the month of April, the 16,000-plus jobs uh, revised uh, in, uh, in February and March, the 3.6% unemployment rate being the lowest since 1969, the 3.2% wage growth in the last 12 months, the 3.2% first quarter economy. They didn't like us pointing out the record low unemployment for African Americans and Hispanic Americans and female Americans and disabled Americans and young Americans. They didn't like all of those things. They got sick and tired of hearing us touting how can the Democrats possibly run against Donald Trump in 2020 with such a booming, roaring economy. What are they going to say? Well, Trump got it to 3.6%, but I've got a plan to get it to 3.2. Really? If you did, where were you in 2008, 2009, 2010, all the way to 2016 when Barack Obama was running the country? We didn't have it then. We didn't have the same growth. We didn't have the same economic growth, GDP-wise. We didn't have record low unemployment for blacks. In fact, we had worse unemployment for blacks when uh, the first black president, Barack Obama, was in office. We didn't have record low unemployment for Hispanic Americans. We had far worse uh, unemployment for African or for uh, Hispanic Americans. Trump is on the economy. We need to take a bite out of him right now. So the New York Times editors, publishers, reporters, probably in. Uh, dare I say collusion with other mainstream media sources said the time to strike is now. The New York Times has obtained Donald Trump's tax returns from 1985 to 1994. And wouldn't you know it, he's not good at business at all. He lost over a billion dollars. That makes him a terrible businessman who lied to the American people and said the reason he would be great to help turn around the American economy is because he's such a great businessman. He's a fraud. He's a con artist. Right, CNN? Right, Don Lemon? The president of the United States is a fraud and a con man. Ooh. And the fraud and the con is on us, Ooh. the American people. Really? Now we know why the Ooh. president wants to keep his tax returns hidden. And it's not because he's under audit. Audit, schmaud it. Turns out Donald Trump is our con man in chief. And his biggest con was pulling the wool right over your eyes, convincing the voters that he would be the best deal maker ever in the White House. So here's our breaking news right now. And it is stunning. <laughs> Except for maybe the people who knew him. <laughs> The man who ran for president on his reputation as a billionaire business genius was a really, really, really lousy businessman. Did you hear the words that, that, that Don Lemon used there on CNN tonight? He said, here's our breaking news. 
he he said, here's our breaking news. Breaking news, Donald Trump once lost over a billion dollars with his businesses 30 years ago. Breaking news. Except for the fact that it's already been broken by Donald Trump himself when he was the host of The Apprentice. About 13 years ago, I was seriously in trouble. I was billions of dollars in debt. But I fought back, and I won. Big. <laughs> um, this breaking news, put together by the New York Times, and by CNN, and by MSNBC, which has spent the last 24 hours plus ridiculing Donald Trump over the breaking news, the scoop of the century that the New York Times was able to get by obtaining Donald Trump's tax returns, this massive scoop was about as scoopy and about as breaking, uh, well, I can't find a good metaphor for that, as if to say, I don't know, we won World War II. Here's a, here's a scoop for you, breaking news. We won. Here's a scoop for you, breaking news. We had a terror attack on 9-11-2001. Breaking news, CNN reporting. I mean, it's, it's insane, but this is what they're, they're doing. Let's, let's break this down a little further. The little clip that I just played for you was part of a two-minute apprentice open for Donald Trump. The New York Times, in all of its far-left glory, trying to gaslight the American people into believing it just published a bombshell that that Don Lemon broke on CNN by way of the New York Times about Donald Trump's previous financial problems. This bombshell news, 30 years old, not only was known to the New York Times when he lost that money, it was in all of the New York tabloids. New York Daily News covered it. New York Post covered it. New York's Times covered it. It was a, lo- a part of what was, at the time, a large real estate bust in, in New York City. In other words, real estate moguls all over New York lost a ton of money during that period of time due to some government regulations, which I'll talk about in a moment. But what's even better than that The New York Times was there to cover the rebound. They published on October 25th, 1995, an article headlined, Crowning the Comeback King. And they wrote the full story of Donald Trump, who had lost over a billion dollars with investments in some of his businesses. He was in deep financial trouble, and he through his business savvy, through making deals, through through finding the right investments, was able to rebound from that and rebuild his multi-billion dollar fortune. They wrote about it. The comeback king is what they called him. And now 30 years later, they're going to run a newspaper, or excuse me, uh, uh, a breaking news story that... We got the tax returns. Donald Trump once lost a lot of money. They're going to call, honestly, they're going to call that breaking news. They knew he lost money and they knew that he had gained it back. He solved his problems and Donald Trump told the story again when The Apprentice debuted. 
My city, where the wheels of the global economy never stop turning. A concrete metropolis of unparalleled strength and purpose that drives the business world. Manhattan is a tough place. This island is the real jungle. If you're not careful, it can chew you up and spit you out. But if you work hard, you can really hit it big. And I mean really big. My name's Donald Trump, and I'm the largest real estate developer in New York. I own buildings all over the place, model agencies, the Miss Universe pageant, jetliners, golf courses, casinos, and private resorts like Mar-a-Lago, one of the most spectacular states anywhere in the world. But it wasn't always so easy. About 13 years ago, I was seriously in trouble. I was billions of dollars in debt. But I fought back, and I won. Big league. I used my brain, I used my negotiating skills, and I worked it all out. Now my company's bigger than it ever was, it's stronger than it ever was, and I'm having more fun than I ever had. I've mastered the art of the deal, and have turned the name Trump into the highest quality brand. And as the master, I want to pass along my knowledge to somebody else. I'm looking for The Apprentice. So that was the intro, of course, to The Apprentice. Donald Trump chronicling his rise, his fall, and his re-rise. And Donald Lump, or Donald Lump, Don Lemon. <laughs> I like it better, though, Don Lump. Don Lemon wants you to believe that this is some breaking news story. We now know Trump was not the great businessman that he said he was. He once lost a lot of money. As Don Lemon went on CNN, gloating over this breaking news uncovered by the New York Times, he completely ignored the second half of the story, the comeback that led Donald Trump to being the largest real estate developer in New York, to being the mogul worth multi-billions of dollars that he ran for president on. And most importantly... As we sit here and listen to the revisionist historians in the lamestream media, most importantly, when asked the question about whether or not Donald Trump was the successful businessman who was the right man to lead the American economy, the answer has been given to us. 3.2% growth in the first quarter. We had a 4.2% growth in Trump's first year in office. We are averaging far better GDP growth in the first two years of Trump's uh, term than Barack Obama achieved in eight years as President of the United States. Higher paying jobs, a return of manufacturing jobs, the lowest unemployment for minorities in American history. All of these things have been proven to be correct. Donald Trump was the right man. So no matter what you hear when you listen to idiots like Don Lemon. The president of the United States is a fraud and a con man. No matter what you hear, understand they are lying to you. The president of the United States 
did not lie. The President of the United States acknowledged and admitted his past business struggles, losing billions of dollars, as he said, billions of dollars in debt. But yet here he stands as a multi-billionaire. He fixed it. The New York York Times covered it. He wrote a book about it called The Art of the Comeback. And they're acting as though this is some sort of breaking news story that they can use to uh, perhaps uh, cover up, uh, push the great economic news of the country to the back pages. They're finding, they're, they're trying to find a way to, uh, minimize the tremendous success that this country is undergoing because they have to find a way to stop Donald Trump from winning in 2020. All right. It's 922. We have a lot to talk about. I had to get out after I listened to Lemon last night, after I listened to all of these other idiots, uh, uh proclaiming this is some sort of a big bombshell that Donald Trump once lost money. And in fact, when you tell the full story in its entirety, it's a tremendous success story that only makes Donald Trump look better. That had to be told. We'll be right back on AM 1420. The answer. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Go less, sleep better. All right, 928 now, the Bob France Authority continuing. We've got a great uh, program for you coming up at 10.05 today. We're going to talk to Dr. Everett Piper for his regular Thursday hit. He's got a lot of thoughts on what is going on with Brian Sims, the Pennsylvania state representative that is under increasing pressure to resign his job after bullying, harassing old ladies praying rosaries and young girls praying for uh, uh, the souls of dead babies. Uh, we'll talk about that with Dr. Piper. He also wants to talk about the uh, cesspool. The uh, 2020 pool of candidates for the Democrat Party for the nomination. Uh, I call it a cesspool. He may or may not uh, when he comes on. But we're also going to talk to uh, David Boers, Lieutenant Colonel David Boers, in the 10 o'clock hour as well. I mentioned him yesterday, but the conversation is actually going to happen today. He's the next guest uh, um, with a national security briefing for Act for America coming up on Monday. So we'll talk to David Boers at 1035 today. i got time for a phone call here before the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Harvey in Cleveland. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Harvey, good morning. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. I'm a big fan of yours and big fan of Salem Radio, et cetera. Thank you. And uh, I'm a Trump fan, and I like what he does, and I like what he's doing for the economy. But his changes to the tax code cost me a ridiculous amount of money this year. And I've heard lots of ads on the radio about people saying, hey, do you owe a lot of taxes? You know, call so-and-so, and they can help you pay your tax bill. Now, I remember everyone talking all the great things about the tax bill, which I was in favor of, but the amount of money that it cost me as a middle-class Income earner, I guess I'm really sad and disappointed. How much money has it cost you? Cost me almost eight thousand bucks out of my pocket this year, from a out four thousand dollar refund to a four thousand dollar payment. Never well, had to um, pay. Are you a business? Are you a business owner? Are you a business year. owner or an employee? An employee. You're an employee. Okay, um, uh, Harvey, uh, and you're middle class. Okay, Harvey, without seeing your tax returns or without knowing anything about you, I can't speak specifically to your situation, uh, but I will say this. The odds are what you are reporting right now, um, you would be, um, you would be the proverbial needle in a haystack. Middle class America saved an average, if you are making uh, the, the median, uh, $73,000 family of four income, an average of $2,300. 
Uh, if you are a single uh, person filing individually, uh, making the single median 41000 you save about $1,300. You might not get that back in a tax refund in April because your taxes were lowered during your actual uh, pay periods uh, throughout the calendar year of 2018. So so if you're middle class somewhere in that earning earning uh, uh, window that I just mentioned, that uh, that earnings bracket, and you somehow lost eight thousand dollars then you did it wrong you did it wrong somehow and you must be like i said that proverbial needle in a stack i've never heard of any such thing particularly for a middle class tax filer but harvey i wish you well and i thank you for your phone call we got news now on am 1420 the answer ford get there All right, 937, we continue on AM 1420. The answer phone lines are open to you at 216 gets you here as well. If you want to use the toxic platform of Facebook, I spent a wow, great conversation yesterday, by the way, with uh, Dennis Prager on the, the uh, Dennis Prager show that I hosted uh, with Dennis's audience on Facebook and Twitter. There are a lot of people who are really, really pushing for that conservative alternative to the liberal, toxic Twitter and Facebook platforms. Um, and, you know, some of them are are, are rather well-known. Uh, I still am skeptical about just finding our own place to talk amongst ourselves. I don't know that there's a lot of value in being in an echo chamber anyway. I don't necessarily want an absence of liberal voices. I want to hear what they're saying. I want to be able to counteract what they're arguing about Donald Trump, about um, the, the state of the United States, about abortion, about gun rights, about all of these things. I want to I want to have those discussions. I want to have those debates. You want to know why? Because we win them. Because we're right and they're wrong. On virtually every level, we are right and they are wrong. And I want to prove that. That's why I have this radio show. I like to to highlight these things. I like to show the left their the error of their ways, hopefully to convince them to wise up and understand what liberty is all about and what what being a patriot in this country means, what freedom means, what what our rights that have been guaranteed us by our founding fathers, the constitutional founders of this country, what you know, what what it takes to protect those things. I want to share all of that and I want to argue with them and I want to point out whether I don't want to avoid liberals by having our own little echo chamber, but I don't want to be censored in that effort. That's the problem with Twitter and Facebook. It was a great conversation yesterday with a lot of really, really astute listeners uh, when I talked uh, with the Prager Show, uh, or with the Prager audience, rather, rather uh, on the Prager Show. And, and I just I, I want to see your thoughts on the Twitter. I want to hear your thoughts at 216-901-0945 on the social toxic platforms, as I mentioned. Uh, Twitter and Facebook, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, all one word, no spaces, no underscores. I mentioned gun rights, and I feel the need to share this story with you as well. Kind of a pivot. Uh, it's a breaking news story, quite frank. Um, in Colorado, uh, there was a vigil uh, for the Colorado students um, who were impacted by the school shooting. They held a vid- vigil for Kendra Castillo, who was the 18-year-old who was killed in the school shooting on Tuesday when he ran and tried to stop the shooter, one of the shooters. He is every bit the hero that he is being billed, and they tried to hold an event um, to honor him uh, and to pray for him and to pray with his family and and so on and so forth. And 
at this vigil, as you can imagine, things don't always go as planned when there are politicians present. Colorado students walked out of this event uh, as prominent speakers, including Senator Michael Bennett, Democrat, Colorado, and Representative Jason Crow, Democrat, Colorado, tried to turn it into a rally for gun control. Students walked out. Each of those speakers took a turn. Instead of honoring the student who lost his life in this terrible, tragic event, they used it to call for gun control, and students left. Two students, if you don't know the story, at STEM Highlands Ranch, which is a K-12 charter school focused on science, technology, engineering, and math, which is what STEM stands for, shot nine students in total, one of them fatally. The accused students who were arrested are an adult male and a juvenile female who's a trans uh, gendered individual identifying as a male, but again, a female. The male had written anti-Christian social media messages, also posted anti-Trump messages, drove a car with a pentagram, which of course is a symbol for Satan, sp- uh, spray-painted on the hood of, uh, of the car, as well as other graffiti, including things like F Society and 666, which of course is the well-known as the mark of the beast, satanic symbol. In response to the shooting, a public vigil was announced at another local public high school at Highlands Ranch High School, sponsored by gun control groups, Brady's Team Enough, and March for Our Lives. And it featured Democrat politicians who seek limits on Second Amendment gun rights. But instead, it was billed as an event to remember and honor Castillo and the other victims who were who survived. As the politicians took their turns calling for gun control in what was supposed to be a vigil, students left in protest. Tweets from uh, some media on the scene, including Kyle Clark. STEM school students walked out of the vigil tonight after Representative Jason Crow and Senator Bennett spoke. Students said their grief was being politicized. They later returned and took the mic and said, we don't want this to be used to promote gun control. Bennett, who's running for the Democratic nomination for president, said, we live in a great country, but we need to fix these broken gun laws. Um, Following the terrible shooting in Parkland, Florida, as you know, last year, CNN hosted an anti-gun rally that whitewashed Sheriff Scott Israel's fatal errors in trying to secure that situation, blaming Second Amendment supporter Dana, Dana Lash and the NRA as culprits allowed Marco Rubio to be equated to the school shooter and lifted up Democratic politicians such as Ted Deutsch as heroes. So here they are, once again, politicizing a terrible tragedy, politicizing the grief, as the students themselves said, the grief of students who saw their classmates being, classmates being shot, politicizing this and trying to use it to score political points. That's a problem. Uh... A tweet from Kevin Beatty reads, They demanded that they be allowed to speak. An adult said to the crowd, You will not speak to the media. This is not who we are. Then they stormed out, yelling that they'd been made into political pawns for gun control. Then they went back inside and reclaimed the gym, the students who had departed. They ran the mic, they took the mic, they took their turns, and they lamented how the event was a political stunt and not a vigil. Some said they just wanted to remember Kendrick Castillo. This was supposed to be for them. 
And instead, the Democrat politicians uh, took, again, you know, this event was supposed to be a vigil, and it turned into nothing but a bash the NRA and bash the Second Amendment uh, political rally. The folks at Highland uh, Highlands Ranch High School shouldn't have made tonight an anti-gun violence rally, said Jeff Dozer, but a true vigil for the STEM students. The STEM students walked out of the gym and out of the school. Another tweet, I am so proud of the Spartans for honoring Kendrick Castillo and very dissatisfied with the politics. A student died and eight others were left hospitalized. The vigil at Highlands Ranch was never supposed to be a political platform. Hashtag, hashtag um, or I'm sorry, at Mom's Demand and at Senator Bennett. So this is who they are. This is what they do. This is something that you need to understand. They are never, ever. I, I, in fact, I saw a tweet of my own that was not contained in this story. With the, and thank you, by the way, to the Federalist for the reporting there with what I just shared with you. Um, there was a tweet that I saw on my own yesterday about this that just made me sick to my stomach. It 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 showed the the face of of a young student a very young student from that K to 12 school that charter school with with anguish and tears on his face and they took this picture of a young child who was scared of course as they evacuated the building scared of course and they posted it and tweeted it at Dana Lash the NRA spokesperson and said, I hope you see this face in your nightmares because of what you caused. These people want you to believe that a gun rights organization, which exists only to support and uphold the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, Amendment Number 2, that's all they do, support your right to keep and bear arms as guaranteed by the Founders, they, they, they're blaming these people for the murders. Dana Lash, what you caused because you support gun rights? There are, see, here's the problem. I want to follow this up with, with another Democrat politician as I explain this problem. Eric Swalwell, Democrat candidate for president. One of the, I think, most mentally challenged of the group, to be quite frank, uh, you know, of this, of the cesspool of candidates, one of the seriously most mentally challenged. He is a slow study. He just, I'm, I'm just telling you point blank. He just doesn't have it. It doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't get it. He, he's, he's just not all there. And that, that could describe a lot of them, to be quite honest with you. But I think Eric Swalwell, I think wears this a little bit better than others. He tweeted after the Denver, or excuse me, after the uh, Colorado tragedy there at Highlands. He tweeted a picture of the students standing outside in the, um, uh, you know, in, in line basically as they evacuated, um, and they're standing there with their hands on their heads, of course, as uh, police are walking around and securing the scene in the area, making sure these kids are protected. Um, you know, active shooter situation. He he tweeted a picture of it with the headline "United States of America 2019," as if to say this is just the way that it is in, in 2019 America. And he, of course, is one of those who has called for um, mandatory gun registration, national gun registry, which is, of course, the first step toward gun confiscation. And he has suggested that, uh, remember, we played the audio for you, Cory Booker, Spartacus himself, uh, was asked, would you agree with Eric Swalwell that uh, people should be locked up if they do not turn their guns in or sell them back in a buyback program? 
And Booker was a little noncommittal on it, but he did not dispute the idea. Swalwell has expressed the idea. We should arrest people for owning guns. Okay? this is He wants to be president of the United States. He wants all guns gone, as if that is going to stop gun violence. So he tweeted that picture and said, United States of America 2019. I followed with a picture of other people standing in a line. They were wearing uniforms, vertical stripes. They were standing behind razor wire, barbed wire, rather. And I tweeted that picture back to Eric Swalwell with my own headline. His headline was United States of America 2019. My headline was Poland, 1939. Yes, it was a picture of Holocaust victims. They were in a concentration camp. And my point was, we can either accept the fact that human... The evil of humanity is going to raise its ugly head from time to time. And sadly, because of the nature of human beings to parrot or copycat things, sometimes good things, sometimes terrible things, if they are of a warped mind, we can understand, and and I don't want to say we should ever accept shootings as the norm, school shootings or mass shootings at all, but we can either accept the fact that some people with their evil intentions are going to use weapons to harm other people, and knowing that fact, make sure that we are able to arm ourselves in defense, or we can bow down to the Swalwells, the Bookers, the Harrises, the Warrens, and all of the rest of the liberal politicians who have forgotten their history and instead become like the people in the second picture. Because those people were in that situation because they had to surrender their arms to the state. When the Germans surrendered their arms to Hitler and the Nazis, nobody was allowed to own guns. It led to the single greatest extermination of life in human history in such a methodical, horrendous manner. Nobody could defend themselves. I ask you, which of those two situations would you rather be in? Standing in one of the lines because somebody took advantage of the uh, laws in this country and, in fact, violated the laws in this country, it should be pointed out, that they obtained their pistols, not AR-15s, not weapons of war, as all of the left likes to call them. They obtained their pistols illegally. They broke the law. They weren't allowed to have them, which is proof, of course, that even if you did pass a law saying nobody can have guns, people get guns. Would you rather be in the situation where you're standing in a line because somebody used one of those weapons in a nefarious manner, in an evil manner, in a traumatizing manner? Or would you rather be standing in the line uh, that I tweeted the photo of in Poland 1939 because nobody had any guns to fight back against a tyrannical government? I know it's an extreme example, but I think really that's what we have to be. We have to be extreme with these people. They want to take away your guns. They want to take away your rights. They want to take. They want to just trash the Constitution, trash the Bill of Rights, And they want to leave us at the mercy of A, criminals, and B, potentially, Lord only knows, 
a tyrannical government, that we are armed, literally, with the right to arm ourselves in order to combat. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's 952 back after this. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420. The answer. All right, it's four minutes before the top of the hour. That's time enough to get a couple of phone calls in before we uh, head to the second hour and Dr. Everett Piper joining us. Jay is in Illyria. You are now on AM 1420. The answer. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Bob, and grateful to be so. Listen, I think uh, what you were just talking about with these two politicos uh, at this rally for these kids, I think it is emblematic of Democrat leadership and people of that particular persuasion. It, it demonstrates precisely the way that they are willing, and I don't want to miscategorize these kids as victims. However, it really does show the way political activists on the left will step upon any victim to promote their ideology and it shows the way they are willing to use no matter what the cost to the victims their willingness to use the victims which they are constantly seeking to use to promote their ideology and their leftist ideology upon this country, and they don't really care about the the victims they champion. They are merely merely willing to use them to their best advantage, irrespective of the grief that the people that they are using may be actually going through, and then make every effort to persuade those people that they use that they are helping them when they never have and they never will. They can't. Their ideology absolutely turns it around and goes against the people that they Jay, I, uh, champion. I, I could not say that any better. Um, I, I, I would suggest, and, and, and thank you so much uh, for, for your call, I would suggest that those politicians in Colorado and the Parkland co- politicians and those who, who exploited the uh, terrible shooting down in Florida, I will stop short of saying they look forward to things like this so that they can use it to advance their agenda. I will stop short of that. I will not say they want things like this to happen. But I would say to you, when they do happen, they get just a little bit more excited about the opportunity that that is presented to them. The opportunity to once again declare the United States is an unsafe place because of the presence of guns and they must be confiscated. We have to repeal the Second Amendment. There are some of them. They will not hope that people die. They will not hope for mass shootings. As I said, I stop short of that. But they, when they realize one has happened, they immediately, instead of, instead of sadness, instead of concern for the victims... The first thought in their head is, let's go to work. Let's take advantage of this opportunity. Never let a good tragedy or crisis go to waste. David in North Olmstead, you're on AM 1420 The Answer. Good morning, David. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Yes, sir. Um, I think you got the wrong take on this uh, uh, platform for conservatives. Twitter, social media? Yeah, social Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um because it will never replace the original Twitter, but we should have one where we can go and strategize about how we're going to save the country from these idiots. Because uh, they keep electing. 
this reality. And they are uh, driving the rest of us, uh, driving our country to the brink of destruction. So we need to have a place where we can go and talk, all right, what are we going to do about this? These people are saying these stupid, silly things. Uh, you know, how do we show them up? Um, that doesn't mean that it is one platform versus or another. Both platforms could exist. Uh, one to go and see what they're doing, and if they want to come and see what we're doing, that's fine. Uh, but I think a second platform is an excellent idea. Well, the, the the thing the thing that I'm saying here, David, and I'm not anti you know conservative platforms. I would like the, that to happen, but I don't know that it's necessarily going to uh, have the impact that I want it to have. Because my concern is that yes, we can strategize all we want, but when we then take our ideas onto the more popular platform, the the existing ones like Twitter and Facebook, and we express the the, the ideas that we strategized in over on our place. We're going to get booted. We don't have the opportunity. That's the problem. We're censored from the more popular existing platforms. We're booted from sharing uh, what we want. And that's the point here. It's about information uh, being spread. It's about education and information. And there are so many people who are using Twitter and Facebook for their news. That's who we have to reach. And we can't reach them from our platform. And they're probably not going to come over to our platform again because we're 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 so far behind in terms of the, uh, you know, the start of the race. So I'm not anti-conservative platform, but I'm really really questioning how viable and how uh, how um, effective it could be in achieving our goals. Thank you, my friend, for the phone call. News time now. Doctor Everett Piper next on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.